With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey folks, welcome back to the Amazing Avenue Newswire. We have got the band back together. Allison Lucas and I are here talking about the Mets signing Omar Navarez to a one-year $8 million contract with a player option for $7 million for the 2024 season. Um, now, I, 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 this is not a name that every Mets fan is going to know. He is you know, a catcher that has played for now three other organizations, the Brewers, Mariners, and White Sox. He more or less split time last year with Victor Caratini in Milwaukee. And while he's been a, a solid offensive catcher and is a pretty good framer depending on what stats you're looking at he certainly isn't one of like the four or five best catchers in baseball where everyone kind of knows their name this is a strange move for a couple of reasons not a bad move i don't think but a strange one because right now the mets already have three catchers in their 40-man roster and there's been some discussion about maybe those three catchers all coming north of the team after spring training next season and so this just feels like a move that i mean first of all I think whenever you can move, improve your team around the edges, that is what great teams do. And the Mets did not do that for so many years. Like the margins of the Mets were always really steep drop offs from star power to sort of bench player to depth. This certainly gives them more there, but I don't know exactly how the roster is going to shake out. So, Allison, I want to start with you. So, sort of, first of all, what do you think of the move? And second of all, what is your. If you were managing the Mets, what would be your plan for managing these four catchers? So my immediate reaction to the move was sort of similar to what you just said, Brian, and that I thought it was odd. 
Um, I was like, well, this is strange. The Mets don't. The one place the Mets don't need anything is at catcher, although obviously catcher was a black hole for them last season, but they already have sort of a roster crunch at the catching position currently. Um, I think obviously this is an indicator of how the Mets feel about James McCann. (laughs) And I think how most people in the Mets orbit fans ownership front office feel about James McCann. Um, I think this is probably uh, spells the end for him uh, as a Met. Uh, I think they're going to dump him off on the first team that will bite in any fashion, which I support um, because I think Omar Narayas is probably an improvement. Although like, I mean, it's hard to say in 2023 what will happen, but I think that it's pretty safe to say Omar Nevaez is an improvement over 2022 James McCann, who is either ineffective or injured for pretty much the entire season. Um, And Omar Nevaez was not that in 2022. He was fine. Um, The the framing his he is in he was in 2022, I think, one of the better framers in baseball. I think that that is relatively recent and Lucas or others can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's always been a well-regarded framer. I think that's something Milwaukee like did. So I yes. don't know like how much that is going to uh, stay during his time as a Met. I, I don't know. how. Like framing is a very weird skill that we're that we're still not very good at evaluating. And it's not a very like. It's not a very consistent skill the way that like if a guy makes a swing change improvement, like you can consistently see he's elevating the ball more like, you know, the launch angle revolution and all that. Like framing is not the same. Like, I don't know how like consistent it is from season to season. Like it's kind of like either you're a good framer or you're not like Tomas Nito is consistently a good framer. I don't know if whatever changes that he made to improve his framing numbers are going to be consistent with the Mets. So that is like my hang up about this, but like, I don't think that that means that you can call it a bad move because like the Mets really, really want to get rid of James McCann and they need to get rid of James McCann. The interesting thing that this move tells me is not about James McCann. It's about Francisco Alvarez and his, and his role on the 2023 Mets and what the Mets see him as. Um, I think that there's basically like one or one of two things that could happen now. Um, either they can go into uh, the 2023 season carrying three catchers, Tomas Nito, Omar Navarez, and Francisco Alvarez. Um, and Francisco Alvarez like DHs sometimes, most times, and catches maybe occasionally. Or he, Francisco Alvarez will start in the minor leagues and they will carry Tomas Nito and Omar Navarez, who will kind of share time um, as the starting catcher. I... I think that the only reason that I believe it might be the latter is because Andy Martino made a tweet. Now, this is Andy Martino. I know that like we don't always take the uh, the best stock in what Andy Martino has to say, but what Andy Martino has to say does often reflect the Mets <laughs> thinking because of True. who his sources are. And he said something like he made a tweet like, well, if uh, if the Mets don't don't think Alvarez is ready or if they think his ankle issue is persistent, th- that's like why they made this move, basically. And I was like, huh, that translates to me that the Mets still think that Alvarez's ankle is messed up from last season. Um, and if that is still a factor, then that makes this move a lot less mysterious to me. Lucas, what are your two th- cents on this? So, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what Allison said, I don't think James McCann is going to be on this roster by like 
wouldn't surprise me if he's gone by Christmas, frankly. Um, that seems like a fait accompli at this point. Um, regarding Narvaez, like, I think his defense is now pretty comfortably above average. Like, he very, like, he started his career with the Mariners. It was awful with them. And then the Brewers traded for him and instantly turned him into an elite framer for a couple of years. There was a little bit of a drop off last year, but, um, uh, he, he's quite good behind the plate. He has a track record of hitting righties pretty well and, uh, certainly being a better hitter than Tomas Nito. I also think this signing is good value for what Narvaez is, just in a vacuum. This is a good move. I'm shocked that teams that aren't more catcher needy didn't make this move themselves. Like, who are the Red Sox starting a catcher? Uh, who are the Red Sox starting, period? Anyway, well, right, the Red Sox <laughs> might be a poor example here. Uh, the Red Sox are in the bad place right now. Yeah, the Red Sox are not good. I think the, the Padres could have used a dude like this. I think they're I'm trying to come up with another. The Cubs could have used yeah, yeah. him for sure. I mean, all these teams that are nominally trying to, tr- I was going with like the top level contenders. Uh, I mean, the, in the, excuse me, the Guardians just signed Zunino. The point is there any team that needs a catcher, Narvaez is a viable starting catcher. Um and even better if you have someone who can hit lefty and, and or excuse me, hit righty and platoon with it, which most teams would have. Um, so the Mets got good value here, but I don't, I really don't understand the thought process. Um, or it makes me very concerned about uh, Francisco Alvarez's health. Um, so I think, I think. Let, let's start with the how you'd want to jiggle this roster, right? I think well, at this point, can I ask? Can I ask? Can I interrupt one thing first? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I think there is a an optimistic reading, which some might read as a Pollyanna-ish reading, which is fine. Which mm-hmm. is that the Mets are not sure that the Mets are hopeful that Alvarez's ankle will be ready for spring training, but if not, they wanted to have a contingency plan there, but they also wanted to shit can James McCann. And so I feel like this is something that that they can do where it's a relatively low-cost solution for them. If Alvarez is healthy, you can either carry the three catchers, which we'll talk about in a minute, or maybe then you... You know, you send Alvarez back down for some seasoning, or maybe you try to trade trade Tomas Nito in spring training. Like th- there are things that can be done here that I don't think are necessarily all terrible things if you're just unsure of the status of uh Alvarez's ankle versus knowing his ankle's borked, which is sort of I think what we all fear when Martino tweets. This oh, like that makes it confusing from a player perspective then for me. Like, I don't think this is, I mean, it's puzzling from a Mets perspective just because of the roster crunch, but like all the details about like, we know that they're out on James McCann at this point and maybe Francisco Alvarez, a little bit of a question mark, given those two things like, okay, this move makes a lot more sense from Mets perspective. I'm just confused about how it makes sense from the, from the free agents perspective, from Mm -hmm. Narvaez's perspective, because like Lucas mentioned, there are a lot of other teams that would probably make him their starting catcher. Like, a hundred percent on opening day. Like, well, I, I, I guess can't give him that. Maybe mon- money solves everything. Maybe you know the Mets just gave him a bigger offer than anyone else did. I think. I think. I think money's part of it, but I also think that even if you're reading this in the most optimistic way you can for the Alvarez situation, um, you know, Alvarez has what is it, fifteen major league at bats under his belt. 
something yeah, like, like that. that. You know, so it, he is he is by no means a a surefire thing. And I think that the Mets probably said to to him, you know, look, we're we're going to bring somebody in just in case rather they said to Narvaez, we're going to bring somebody in if Alvarez is not our number one catcher, you are. If he is our number one catcher, he's going to DH a bunch, and so you're going to play a lot anyway. Like I, I, th- I think that basically he is going to be catching, if not a full half season, pretty damn close to that, even if they have three catchers, because of the um, platoon advantage he has. Yeah, that's probably true. See, I don't, I don't think that even makes sense though, because uh, again, let's let's assume McCann is kicked to the curb here. Um, and let's be slightly more optimistic than usual as Mets fans and assume that Francisco Alvarez's ankle isn't actually just totally borked. Um, in that case, I don't know how you juggle this because if, if or Francisco Alvarez is basically red, like maybe he needs a little bit more, you, maybe he could get some more AAA time, but with the new rules, there's an objective benefit to having him on the roster um, uh, because you can get a draft pick back or all that. Um, he looked ready in AAA, at least from the, the full the full slash line. And there's always going to be things he can improve, but he's a he's arguably the best prospect in baseball, and he has that ranking for a reason. Um, now, I, so, so I think that's the argument why he needs to be on the major league roster. If he's on the major league roster, he needs to be playing full time. Which means he's either starting a catcher full time, which I think is what you want, or he's DHing full time. With the way the Mets roster is currently set up, he's not going to. Doesn't make sense to DH him full time because you have Daniel Vogelbach, and I'm not going. I'm not going to claim that Daniel Vogelbach is a star or anything, but Daniel Vogelbach is a really good hitter, especially against righties. And I don't think it's a reasonable bet that Alvarez outperforms him with the bat as a rookie, like. Daniel Volkmach is legitimately one of the best left-on-right hitters in baseball. That's not an overstatement of, of his statistical production. So sacrificing that so you can DH your potential all-star catcher of the future doesn't make any sense. Leaving Alvarez on the bench doesn't make any sense. And putting him back in AAA doesn't really make sense from a roster-building uh, standpoint to me and is, at worst, the Mets playing stupid service time years, which I really hope they're not. So given all of that, that Alvarez probably should be the starting catcher, if not immediately, very early in the season, I don't understand the logic of signing a dude we probably have to guarantee at-bats due to, and you'll also have to roster. Um, like, th- their bench is already not super flexible, right, because your DH is basically a DH only. Uh, I don't know how you can justify carrying two more catchers on top um, so yeah, I really don't get this from a, from a roster building perspective. I get it from a, on a, on a pure value argument and maybe there's something out there they could get for, for Tomas Nito. Um, so, so who knows, but I, I'm perplexed and not really a huge fan of, of this, even though I like Narvaez as a player. The most confusing part to me is the, the option. For 2024 mm-hmm. in yes this i agree like if you think like i think that because of the reasons that lucas already outlined from a roster construction construction perspective plus the martino tweet i like 
maybe this is too like doom and gloom like and i'm just being a being a mets fan because like that's just what we're conditioned conditioned. yeah the way i've been conditioned like i think that all signs point to them thinking that alvarez is not entirely healthy and that's why they've done this but even if that's the case like why does he have a player option for 2024 like that it almost like when you when you give a player option to someone that fringy like that's a two-year deal more it's like it's hard to envision a scenario i mean like sure could omar narvaez like pop off and like you know put up like a a really solid batting line and like his framing numbers stick and then he's like actually like a borderline top five catcher in the league it's possible but that upside is there i think but and if he does that then he'll probably not take his player option and go and test the free agent market again but like the the free agent the market for these types of like his type of player is like not very robust so like i i think the mets have essentially given him a two-year deal and that I find very strange. Like, if you have concerns about Alvarez's health and you're doing a one-year stopgap, then, yeah, that makes sense to me. But, like, why are you blocking Alvarez for for this year and next year? <laughs> I mean, and See, there's I, an argument that they need a good third catcher on this roster. I get that. But the problem right now is that their catchers aren't op- – the only catcher that's optionable – is the one you want to be starting, which is Alvarez. Adding Narvaez to this picture doesn't solve that problem. You can't option him. You can't option Nito, right? So it's not as if you have someone that you can have on the 40 ready to go in case someone gets hurt. You're still stuck carrying three guys on the 26-man roster, which to me just, again, like like I just said, doesn't, doesn't make any sense. And to Allison's point, you're locked into the same thing in 2024, right? Like Thomas Nito. Thomas Nito is still around in 2024, Narvaez is probably going to be around in 2024. Um, what what are you doing with this situation then? Uh, so I, I frankly think that Thomas Nito, Tomas Nito is a better player than Omar Narvaez. And are you just paying $8 million to have a Tomas, two Tomas Nitos on the roster just because they have opposite handedness? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess I have to stop thinking about this like a fantasy baseball owner. Because on mm-hmm. one hand, like that, that is my strategy for rounds like twelve through fifteen in a fantasy baseball draft is to grab extra catchers because someone's going to need it, and you're not going to, and you can then be dealing from a position of of power. And so when I saw this deal, I kind of thought in a similar way. Like, okay, well, this lets them listen to offers on both McCann and Nito, and see which one they get 
a better deal for, go with that one. And then you can either just stash other guy as your emergency third catcher, you know, on your 26 man roster, or you just outright release them. If that's the case, if if you really feel that Alvarez is healthy and ready, I think that this points to the fact that the Mets, and we had heard some rumblings of this last year, that the Mets maybe felt like Alvarez was never going to be a full-time catcher, that he was always sort of destined for the DH position. And if that's the case, this deal gives them the opportunity to give him substantial time as both the DH and the catcher, and you can then have a full season's worth of of data, not Again, not a full season at both positions, either position, but you you have a, you have enough data at the end of it to say, okay, going forward, he's going to be this or this, and that's why you keep both Vogelback and one of the other catchers, so you can fully give this experiment. It's it's you can let it let it run let it run its course for more than just a month or two. Uh, I still think that leads to too much time splitting for him, right? Like you do not want to be. You do not want to be benching Daniel Vogelbach versus any righties. You do not want to be benching Alvarez outside of the usual rest you would give a catcher. And, and those are the two starting spots like locked up. Like I don't and, and then otherwise you have a third an extra uh, a non flexible, not particularly good extra bat sitting on your bench just for the sake of pairing a third catcher. Well, uh, here's here's an idea. Maybe the reason he got the player option is because they told him he wasn't going to be playing full time. I mean, that's that's a possibly. And they said, "Listen, yeah. you're gonna, you're going to be a backup, but you're going to be a backup here for two years. And if we don't think Alvarez is fully healthy, you're going to play a lot in the start of the season. And if your bat's hot, then we'll see what happens. You know, then, then you know we'll we'll go from there. Um, maybe that's the solution here. Yeah, but I don't I don't hate that. Certainly, I mean. Again, on, on pure value, I think this is a good contract to sign. And, and maybe there's, there's perhaps an argument that um, similar to, I don't know that this applies. Uh, catchers is, is like the one position where this doesn't usually apply, but like just sign good players and, and figure it out. Um, right. Well, you know, I, I, I think it was uh, Joel Sherman that tweeted last night that said that the Mets, the reason they felt that they could carry three catchers is because they feel that Guillaume and McNeil essentially cover three, maybe even four bench spots with two players. Yeah, but McNeil is starting, and neither of them have uh, neither of them have perfect tra- health track records. Agreed. Agreed. Um, again, I, I'm not saying that this is like wisdom from the mouth of Joel Sherman. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that you know the Mets are stating that they feel that they have enough flexibility, and that's not counting Escobar, who's actually relatively flexible as well. And are they like double counting McNeil as the fourth outfielder? Because and I mean, Probably. like you yes. know, like so McNeil, like I'm not worried about his ability to play outfield. He's shown that he's he's more than passable in a corner. It's just that like I don't that does not make me comfortable like that means I, that that means that Luigi Orme is basically the backup at every position except first base by way of McNeil right he backs up third and short directly he backs up second which allows you to put McNeil in left or right which and then bump someone else to center I guess so unless you Orme, put, I guess unless you put Eduardo Escobar at second and Brett Beatty at third base but that's a pretty terrible defensive infield. does Escobar yeah, also, ever play outfield no I not for years so. 
Yeah. Not for a long time. He did. He did he early in center, his right? Early in his yeah, career. Yeah. Really early in his career. But that is I not. I do not think Eduardo Escobar plays center field anymore. And I no, also don't no, think no. you want Brett Beatty around as a, a similar to Alvarez. Brett Beatty's on the major league roster. He is starting. Right. There's in, unless it's September. Right. There's no reason for either Beatty or Alvarez to be on the major league roster and not getting significant playing time. Like that's not how you handle this sort of this level of prospect. You want to put Mark Vientos on the bench, fine. Right. But you don't put Beatty or Alvarez on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the other the other element of carrying this many catchers, sorry, Brian, is that right. you're you're this this bench already lacks punch, I think it's fair to say. Like you're relying on the possibly rotten corpse of Darren Ruff and uh <laughs> Luigi Orme and your backup catcher and you look at that bench and say, hmm, you know what would improve the offensive situation of this bench? Another backup catcher. Perfect. Excellent process. So I don't I, I don't I don't I don't get how this is viable. The um, the one thing I will I will say and not in argument with that, because I think that's that's hundred percent true. I don't think teams feel like they can carry a Lenny Harris anymore, where you have a guy whose role in the team is just pinch hitter. Sure. When, sure. When, when you need a big hit, you had you had you your I keep going to Lenny Harris and a Mets fan, right? But you had you had that guy Matt was, Stairs. Yes, exactly. The guy who would come out and would just bash you a double or whatever, and you would be then in a you know that was their entirety that was the entirety of their role on the team i think teams now feel like they need to have guys who can do lots of things especially because of a dh right like mm-hmm. there just isn't as much room on the in the cards for that guy like if you're going to pinch it with somebody now and you can't pinch it for them in the pitcher spot then you have to either totally burn them and have somebody to replace the person that you pinched hit them with or they have to take the position of the player that you pinched hit them for so you need I, I really think that there is this there is this thought process that everybody on the bench needs to have a viable place on the field as well. And that's this is sort of the first time that's been true as a National League baseball fan my entire life. You know, the last couple yeah. of seasons with the DH. So maybe the idea is that you would rather have Navarez instead of Darren Ruff. Because Navarez has an actual spot he can take on the on the field, whereas Ruff can, I guess, fake it at first base or right field. I guess. Um, I mean, frankly, I think the most likely outcome here is that Alvarez starts the season in the minors, and I don't. Uh, 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 get the I don't I don't agree with that process. Do you think that you know sort of going off that same thought process, do you think that Brett Beatty starts the year in the minors? Yeah, I think right. I think both I think Beatty starts the year in the minors. I mean before this I thought Beatty would start the season in the minors, which is fine. He had almost no triple A time and it's not quite the level of prospect Alvarez is. Mm-hmm. I was expecting Alvarez to be the starting catcher with Thomas Nito being his backup and James McCann uh, playing games on the sun or wherever. Um, so it just kind of throws that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't quite get it. May we interest the Cubs in one slightly used? Supposedly, the Padres are asking about James McCann for 
Reasons. Reasons? Sure. Enjoy. Would they consider Juan Soto for him? Uh, yeah, we could we might have to throw something in there. <laughs> uh, like, like get like Ray Kerr or something for McCann. Get somebody for McCann. I do have some Mets adjacent breaking news that I can share. Oh, what is mm-hmm. that? Um, Trevor May has signed a deal with the Oakland Athletics. All right. R.I.P. Tuber. Yeah. Have a good R. I. P. time. Tuber. Out there, Tuber. I'm happy for him. Like he I think that like based on I mean, I think that he his improvements that he had at the end of the season were real and he was just injured and he he'll have a better season next season. I hope I hope he's successful. He's he's a fun guy to root for. Yes. I'm yes. Miss him on the Mets. Two time guest on Amazing Avenue audio of the show. So he's he's officially a friend of the pod, I believe, at, at two appearances. So uh, we wish you well, Trevor. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think we've, we've somewhat covered this for, from every angle. I, I just want to sort of reiterate something I said in the beginning, which is just that I'm even if this move isn't great, I'm very happy that the Mets are still trying to improve the team around the margins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Don't know that this is the way I would have gone about it. <laughs> sure. I don't want to criti- criticize the money they're spending because uh, money doesn't seem to matter anymore. Um, but if you had to choose between spending seven and a half million dollars on the back of catcher and seven and a half million dollars on a real fourth outfielder, you definitely take the outfielder at this point. Or another bullpen arm. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Which Whichever. I think they're still going to do the bullpen mm-hmm. arm anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They'll do something. I don't think they're done. Yeah, the fourth outfielder feels less and less likely every day, though, for some reason. I don't know why I feel that way. That McNeil leak does not make me feel good about it, certainly. No, no, it doesn't. Um, I mean, look, McNeil as an emergency outfielder is totally fine for me. If someone gets hurt, you want to throw McNeil in left field for the rest of the game, makes total sense. But I don't want to see him starting out there um, ever. I guess. Uh, maybe, maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean, if it's nice to have that option, right? If Luis Guillaume is having another really nice season and you want to get him more starts, you put McNeil in the outfield, fine. But you should not be going into the season with Jeff McNeil as your primary backup outfielder. Like, that's insane behavior. Yeah, yeah, mostly from just, like, a again, like a double-counting perspective. Like, you are... You are saying McNeil is simultaneously your starting second baseman and your fourth outfielder. That's like not he can't do both those things at once. He no. can't play the outfield and second base at the same time. I know that they think they have coverage like <laughs> other places to make up for that. If they move McNeil to the outfield, they can shift Luis Guillermo to second base. They can play Eduardo Escobar there. They can do some things. But like again, like you're you're penciling in McNeil like playing every day and also being a backup. And it's like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't double dip. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, one of the things that people love about Shohei Otani is that he does allow you to double dip. That's it's a just... special kind of allowed yes, double but, dipping. But I was going to say, it's, it's a very different kind of double dipping. He is literally the only guy in the universe that that applies to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, not according to a guy behind me at uh, Old Timers Day waiting for food who said he's not that good of a cat uh, of a hitter or a pitcher and he wastes a roster spot. 
And oh, I turned okay. around and I said, sir, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, sir, sir, you're yeah. respectfully, sir, you're an idiot. He's yeah. literally two roster spots in one roster spot. That's he what I said. Roster spots, the I, opposite of wasting a roster spot. I said, even if he was the fifth best on the team at both of those things, you can then get another player that's better than him at one of those things and not waste a roster spot. Do you recognize this, sir? Yeah, like... Shohei Otani, twenty twenty four, New York Met, please, and beyond, please, Luke, please, Lucas please. Lucas is going to happen. I hope so. I am like they're they're wrapping they're wrapping Francisco Alvarez in bubble wrap so they can trade him for Shohei Otani. Don's tinfoil hat. That's not bad, actually. I would just, I would just, <clears> I would just, I would just that's why Narvaez has a player option. I would just wait six months and give Otani a fuckload of money and never let it get to that point. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Though I do also think there's a chance that Otani doesn't want to come to the East Coast or whatever. So who knows? Like, who knows what's going on there? But we'll see. I think he's going to go where the money is, personally. Just I think at, I at the trade deadline, it's going to be like, oh no, the Mets need a DH upgrade again. Ha 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 Look who! <laughs> look who it is! Look, look who's out there! I think I think there's also a realistic chance you could get him without using Alvarez at the deadline because deadline trades can be weird, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I make no no predictions about that at this point. I feel like there's no way to predict what the Angels will do. Oh, I mean, that's... Who knows what Arnie Marino is going to roll out of bed on the wrong side and, and, you know, nuke the roster or something. Who that was? Yep. Well, folks, thank you for listening to one of our other emergency podcasts. We thought we were done, but we're back again. So who knows what next week will bring? Uh, maybe we'll be doing the James McCann farewell podcast next week. Who knows? Oh, please. But... Please, Lord. <laughs> no, they're just going to sign a fifth catcher. They're going to sign like, somebody <laughs> else. And we're going to be like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I-, I can't even imagine. It's hard enough to imagine what they would do if they couldn't trade. Last question. If there's legitimately not a landing spot for McCann, do they just cut cut him? Yes. That's a lot of money to cut. I mean, I know it's not my money. I know that. It's just that's a lot of money to cut. It's less money than Robinson Cano. (laughs) Very fair. Very fair. Also, the Dodgers just signed Patrick Mazika to a minor league deal. Speaking of backup catchers, yes. (laughs) Patty Maz. Fare thee well, Nick Pops. Catchers. In quotations. Yes. <laughs> Catcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you need a guy to hit a ball seven miles an hour off the bat, look no further than Patrick Walk Mazzica. off dribbler extraordinaire Patrick exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Mr. Swinging Bunt. All right, folks. Thank you for listening once again. Um, until next time, go to AmazingAvenue.com where we have more on this deal and many, many other things. Amazing Avenue is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. This show is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Wherever you get podcasts, we are there. Allison and Lucas are on Twitter at PetitePhD and ElVlahos343, respectively. I am also on Twitter at Brian Needs a Nap. And until next time, let's go Mets. <laughs>